the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, It's always good to be with you. We look at the issues of the day from a Christian perspective, and uh, we've been talking about Israel, of course. I know there are other subjects, and we got some guests on uh, later this week to talk about a few other things going on that are important, you know, that we, we don't forget about. As far as I can tell, uh, the uh, House of Representatives still doesn't exist, so... Uh, that issue is the same. And I think they should just, uh, Republicans just ought to uh, vote for everybody. And whoever gets the most votes, they send that person up and then they, they, they got to do something. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that when there's something to talk about. And other things going on here in our state that matter a lot. But you know, as we, as we talk about the Israel thing, a lot of what is happening is people are able to take a moment. And that's what, and I'll get to your calls here. There's several calls that are hanging around from the last hour. And I do want to get to those and they'll still fit. Uh, what we're talking about here. There is a lot of com- you know thought about what is happening in a world that doesn't seem to fit what many people have thought. There was a great article uh, by Constantine, I think his name, Kissin. It's in the free press today, if uh, that's it. The, the free press is the Barry Weiss publication. Um, but they put out some really good stuff on that uh, publication. Um, and uh, he's, he's arguing, he wrote an article today, it said, the day the delusions died. And uh, he makes this argument, he says, a lot of people w- woke up on October 7th as progressives and went to bed that night feeling like conservatives. What changed? I'm not too sure that the swing was that quick or that that happened exactly. But a lot of people are realizing that, hey, there's an awful lot of people who think that what Hamas did was justified, regardless of what they think about Israel. Um, that murdering and raping and all of that uh, is somehow okay. Uh, It should never be okay in any circumstance, no matter who's doing it. Um, But uh, that's kind of the the gist of where he's going. But he brings up a book by Thomas Sowell. You know who Thomas Sowell is? Uh, You should. Of of the people who might be some of the most quotable people ever, uh, Thomas Sowell is an American economist, social theorist, and he's an author. Uh, he's still alive. He was born in 1930. I heard he's got a book coming out this year. And uh, so what does that put him? That's He's got to be pushing 100, what, 93. Uh, he's, he's conservative or libertarian on side. He's African-American. And so his perspective of things is just very broad. Uh, he's written books on economics and race and education and social policy, and they're brilliant. And you may not agree with every point here and there, but he's a brilliant guy. There are very few people who are very quotable uh, everywhere. He is one of those people. A concept that he wrote about in a book called uh, Conflict of Visions and in a similar um, 
thing he wrote called The Vision of the Anointed. There's two visions, he says, that encompass a range of ideas and theories. There's an unconstrained vision, and there is a constrained vision. The unconstrained vision is the idea that for some people, their vision of the world, their worldview, relies heavily on the belief that human nature is essentially good. And those with an unconstrained vision distrust decentralized processes, and they're impatient with large institutions and systemic processes that uh, constrain human action. Basically, the idea is that human beings are malleable and can be perfected because they're ultimately good. And they believe that the ills and the evils in the world can be overcome through collective action that encourages people to behave better. And so issues like poverty and crime and inequality and even war um, – those things, they, they would argue, are not inevitable. They are things that can be solved. Uh, for example, I remember a few several years ago when ISIS began, there was a New York Times article on the front page, and it was talking about how the ISIS fighters, they just need a job. If they just had a regular job, like working at Starbucks or something, they wouldn't be terrorists anymore, and they'd stop wanting to kill people. And they had this picture of this ISIS guy in the front cover where he's got, like, bullets, you know, and that, those belts across his chest and a big X. He's got an AK-47, and he's got a bandana on, and he's all muscular looking. He looks like he's an advertisement for some, uh, you know, gun magazine or something. And uh, I thought to myself, he has a job. He's a terrorist. He likes that job. He probably gets paid better than he would at Starbucks. He's got vision. He's got there's leadership. There's a goal. And all of that might be terrible. But to say that all he needs is, you know, a job and give that guy a suit and tie and a desk somewhere. Forget it. That's not that's not going to that's not the reason he's a terrorist. But that's what the the unconstrained vision is, is that, no, we can make that guy um, not do what he's doing if we just turn the key the right way. Uh, it's the foundation of the progressive mindset is that point of view. The other vision is the constrained vision. So the first one's the unconstrained vision. The second one is the constrained vision. And people who view the world that way believe that human nature is always going to be the same. It's a constant. And that you can change people and people can change. And over time, that can happen. However, there will always be uh, evil people. There will always be a reality of human self-interest, and that is going to lead people into social problems that will never be solved. They can be managed better. Like, for example, I think you could manage homelessness better um, than we're doing now. The unconstrained view is what we have now, and it doesn't work. Uh, But I don't think you can get rid of all homeless people. I think that there will always be homeless people at the end of the day, but I think you could do a lot better. Um, this is more of the conservative worldview, okay, uh, those kinds of things. So the the article that Constantine wrote is basically saying there's a lot of people who are moving from the unconstrained camp to the constrained one. That happens every time there's a major terrorist attack or a major shocking thing, you know, to a much, much smaller scale. We're dealing with that with these smash and grab robberies that we're seeing is, you know, finally we're kind of saying, and even with the homeless population, we're finally saying, you know what? What we're doing doesn't work. And the idea that we can just justify this somehow, it just it doesn't work. There are going to be people who take advantage of a system that encourages or does not punish or redirect criminal activity. Um, that is the difference. But people argue about that. The reason we're not solving it is because of that tension between those two views. You know, a lot of that, I think, is behind even what we see in the world today, where we want to believe that everybody is good but the fact is, is that we're not. From a Christian theological standpoint, 
and Christians take a lot of flack for this, and even Christians struggle with this, nobody's good, right? Who are the good people? Well, there really are no good people. I mean, there's, there's certainly better people. There's, you know, there's some kind of continuum, you could say. But everybody falls short of the glory of God, right? Everybody ultimately deals with some kind of self-interest that leads to destruction. It's the reason we need a Savior. It's the reason we can't live up to the perfection of Christ, uh, ultimately. And, and people struggle with that. But what we're trying to do today is really kind of address some of this. You know, for some people, it's shocking, these protests that are you know, really pro-Hamas. It's, it's certainly important. And I, you know, as the caller said the last hour, there's going to be terrible bloodshed in Gaza, I think. It's going to be awful. Women and kids and terrible things and, and all of that is bad, whether it's happening in Gaza or Israel or anywhere else. I think there's going to be terrorist attacks around the world. Uh, we may have them here. All of it is bad. But there has to be some kind of response. If you, you know, the saying in Israel is, you know, if, if Hamas lays down their weapons, there will be peace between Palestine and Israel. But if Israel lays down its weapons, there will be no Israel. That's what they believe. And I think that's probably true. That's what Hamas says they want right? And groups like that. So what, so the issue of justification, the issue of, you know, just the bloodshed that's here, how do we have the right policy together to, uh, to bring peace? That's some of it. All right. 888. I got to get your calls here. 888-528-2557. Ted in LA, you still with us? Yes, sir. All right, Ted. Uh, thanks for holding on. Amen. Um, I guess it all goes back to if you shake the bank enough, the money just falls. And we've tried to bless the enemies. We've given them money. And obviously, they just don't want to work, and they're jealous of Israel because they're very hard workers. They turn the desert into an oasis, and they just don't want to go to work. And I feel sorry for the Palestinian people because Hamas are terrorists. They're terrorists. Well, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people would go to work if that money got to them. That's one of the other issues is that, uh, you know, the leaders of Hamas actually live in Qatar in luxury uh, condos. Uh, They don't even live there. Uh, And uh, the money is spent on weaponry and missiles and all of that. Well, basically, Hamas is uh, pimping everybody and uh, and everybody is scared of them. It's just like the gang members in a schoolyard. It's no different. And they got everybody afraid. And, and unfortunately, you can only bless your enemy just so far. The liberal, the liberal views, you see what it's doing. We have mayhem in our streets. You can't just uh, say, oh, these poor criminals. No, that is not the answer. They need Jesus and they need change. And all they are is, is gang members with AK-47s. And uh, if you shake the bank uh, enough, America will try to bless them. And it's mm-hmm. always the left that are giving them money. And that's just that. That's not the answer. And unfortunately, people will die. Unfortunately, you have people that are naive, that are sitting uh, in, behind their computer, that have never never ran the streets like I did and seen what happened. And so they live in a bubble, and they go, oh, well, they, they're, they're persecuted. And that's just not the case. The oppressors become the oppressed, and then they cry. So I don't know, um, Scott. All I all I know is uh, Hamas is a terrorist group, and uh, the same thing we dealt with the Nazis. Unfortunately, we had to get involved. We were the last to get involved. We didn't want to get involved, yeah. and we did. We were forced to. At some point, and, you have to respond to it, Ted. Thanks for for holding on through all that. I, you know, be careful, Ted, because some of the some of the right has been uh, throwing money this direction for a while. You know, there's a belief and a hope. I would say 
that, you know, Hamas would take this aid and all this international support they've had for especially the last 15 years and build a government and build their own power plants and build their own water supply and build all of that and not build weapons. Um, but that's not Hamas's goal. That's not even their stated goal. They're very clear about what they want to do. Uh, let's go to Charlie in Westminster. Charlie, thanks for holding. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you made the point that war and personal defense are reasonable. And, and yeah, that it is reasonable. Uh, I'm going to make a – I would like to pull out a couple well, justifiable, of – Justifiable, I think. Justifiable. Okay, well, yeah. There's a place uh, for that, but it's a hard I, question. I, I mean uh, – you know, I'm a Christian. I do not. I do not have a, a gun for defense because I don't want to shoot anybody. I want to pull out a couple of historical examples, and I'll get to Hamas. But please give me a couple of minutes, okay? Well, just not, a, I can't give you a couple of minutes, but I can give you a little bit of time. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, there was Pearl Harbor. That you, you, uh, you and I agree about that thing for the defense. United States had a had a right and responsibility to respond. Yeah. Uh, many. Russian Orthodox Christians see NATO as a threat, and um, uh, that's the that has been the uh, historical reason for uh, the invasions of Georgia and, and Ukraine, and they have some historical for reasons for that. Um, and uh, 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 let me see. How do you judge though whether that's justified or not? Right. How do you judge, you know, Putin has his reasons, for example, in going into Ukraine? Well, um, President Kennedy um, didn't like uh, the, the missiles in Cuba, and he did something about it. I don't agree with, with Putin's, uh, Putin's attack, and it, it has backfired on him. Yeah. And he, what he has ended up doing is, is uh, having uh, Orthodox Christians kill each other. Well, uh, I'm an Orthodox Christian. What does that look like to the guy on the street? Does he want to uh, become a Christian when he sees things like that? Why should he? Um, let me let me uh, get. I'm going to get to uh, Hamas real quickly. Um, the Palestinians were successfully, very successfully attacked in 1948. No, 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 no. The, the Palestinians attacked Israel once they became a nation, and they well, rejected their own state. I'm not going to argue about that. You know, they, they, well, that's uh, just fact. You can anybody can Google that. Well, there are other facts too. Elan uh, 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 Pape, um, uh, the biggest prison on earth, uh, Israeli historian. Uh, hundreds of towns were destroyed. Hundreds of people were dispossessed. I don't think you can argue that the, those towns, like uh, Lida, where uh, uh, Peter's wife Peter's wife lived. Uh, still exists because it doesn't. Now there's Lod, which is a, a, a an Israeli town. Uh, hundreds of people right. uh, live in other places. Make because... your point about uh, Hamas. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Hamas didn't exist uh, uh, when Israel was formed. Uh, Hamas is 39 years younger than Israel, and and they would not have the um, uh, the support that they do. Uh, uh, unless uh, the Palestinians had a, had a grievance, an historical grievance. I don't like Hamas. I'm glad I, didn't, I, I did, had no contact with Hamas when I visited Palestine. But when, uh, when I was visiting International Orthodox Christian Charities in 2007, I was told by, by their staff that if anybody, you know, that they're a, a charitable organization, if anybody from Hamas 
showed up at any of their things, they would have to leave. That that would that's the that was the rule. Hmm. When uh, you uh, would you say they have that Hamas has a from Hamas's perspective, is it a territorial dispute or is it a religious dispute? I uh, I have never spoken to anybody in Hamas. Well, you can read their I charter. If you I, read their charter, it says it says exactly what the dispute is about. I, I believe that. Well, uh, uh, President uh, Biden said a couple things uh, last uh, uh, the last time he spoke, and I thought what he said was, you know, part of it made sense. You know, I, I was expected by me. Uh, but part of it, I thought, was was a uh, hypocritical uh, uh, jive. You know that he, he you know, he had, he has such feelings for the poor Palestinian people. The poor Palestinian people are the targets of the uh, of the weapons he's sending, um, and and the, 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 the Israelis are not sending in their top Dutch guys with their silencers and 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 their HKs and their Uzis. They're bombing. Uh, from from a safe distance. Well, for now they are, but how do you? How do you, I mean? It's a it's a longer question, Charlie. But you know they're gonna. How do you go into a uh, small area with two two million people that's mostly city? You know, you it's, it's not justifying whatever people do, but you're probably gonna wait as long as you can to send your military and. Oh yeah, that uh, makes sense. You know, why why should they not be risk averse? I mean, uh, right. our, uh, the Russians did that in Berlin. The, uh, uh, Everybody the, does that when they're thinking about it. Manila, and it, it was terrible. Yeah. It was it was an awful fight. Yeah, Charlie, I got other people who've been waiting a long time. Uh, I appreciate your call. I would encourage yeah. you. I would encourage you go read the Hamas charter. It'll okay. it'll help explain a lot of that. I think. I don't like Hamas. <laughs> I know, I know, but you got to know why you don't like them. See, you know, it's a that if you read that, you'll know exactly why you don't like them. I appreciate your call, Charlie. Thanks for calling. Uh, Steve and Glendora, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. The number, by the way, is 888-528-2557, Hi, Pastor Scott. Yes, hi, Steve. Thanks for calling, and thanks yeah. for waiting so long. Uh, yeah, I want to draw a big picture here that I really think deserves a program for you in the future. The big picture that I see is that this occurred on the seventh day of October. The seven, as you go look through the Old Testament, just occur many, 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 many times, you know, seven times around Jericho, seven days of creation, always has to do with completion. It is all, it was also the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the day is supposed to be a special blessing to Israel. I think that shows that God is in charge of whatever happens. That's my first point. The okay. second point is, is I think that uh, I think we're in the middle of a satanic conspiracy, and I think it may lead, unfortunately, to Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine because I see I see uh, uh, all the evil leaders getting together: Iran, China, everybody else. Uh, and when it's not beyond my imagination, or I think ours should be about our imaginations to see that that we have a perfect storm coming coming our way. We have uh, a U.S. military that's unprepared. We've got a president that's a little bit on the wishy-washy side. We've got a Congress that's divided. We've got uh, a war in Ukraine, and it, and it would be it, it seems like it's just the perfect time for them to first of all send Hamas against Israel, provoking a much wider war. And then, and then Iran comes in, 
and then and then the last straw is Taiwan is China stays out of it but then goes for Taiwan. It's all possible, Taiwan. and you know this. Uh, that's what people are worried about: is this expanding into? Uh, um, yeah. In a very, it's very much a World War One scenario. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Right. All right, Steve. Yeah. And one other thing I want to say is that I think you do. I think I would love to see you do a program on that whole topic, and I would love to for you also to encourage prayer at the end of each of these conversations. Oh yeah. That's something that I've been saying is that today's a good day to be praying for our country and to be praying for the world. I mean, it is. It's a yeah. it's a moment that is just very serious. Uh, thank you, Steve, yes, for calling right. and for holding on and listening to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Donna in Covina, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Um, your show is really a blessing, and I hope that there's a lot of young people out there that are listening right now. Because we're hearing in these in these protests that this has to do with the land, land, land. This has nothing to do with land. You know, the PLO, they, they've had a chance for their land and a two-state solution from a long time ago. I, I remember that Yasser Arafat had a, had a great deal with President Clinton, mm-hmm. and he turned it down because they wouldn't recognize Jerusalem and because in the charter— they wanted to annihilate the the, the Jews from the yeah. Great Pavirs. And in the background, know? it turned out he was uh, he was collecting arms for uh, the terrorists anyway. He was yeah. probably never yeah. for real. And I think also maybe it's helpful for young people. They need to see some of these old footages of Jews from the Nazi time when they were in when the Allies went in from the concentration camps and what they saw. And they have to realize that. Six million Jews were killed in World War II. Israel now has what? About seven million. Yeah, so there's there's seven million they Jews. Yeah, they can be annihilated, and people have to have that kind of mindset. You know, what if you were right there and you're a Jew? Of course, it can happen. It happened in our lifetime. Yeah. So that's you know, all I wanted to say. God bless you. Hey, thank you, Donna. Thanks for calling okay. the Pastor okay. Scott Show. You know, what? I'll make one other point too about what I think people should know. In Israel, there's. Uh, uh, about 9 million, a little more than 9 million people. 2 million of them are uh, Arabs, people who uh, are the same people who live in Gaza or the West Bank. I'm talking about Israel, not the West Bank or Gaza. I'm talking about the state of Israel. Not only do they live in Israel, they live in peace side by side with Jewish people, that these Palestinians are Israeli citizens. They are allowed to have all the rights that the Israelis have. They are in the Knesset, the uh, Congress, they can run for office. One day, one of them might be prime minister. The uh, the Supreme Court has Palestinians on it. There is a, a freedom and an example of Israelis and Palestinians living together in peace, building a nation together. And that, I think, should be looked at in all of this, is who is building the nations and why? And why is it that some places people get along, even with historical animosity, have found a way to get along and work together on the same team? It is possible. There is hope for that. And I think people should know that. All right. I got to uh, take a break. I'm over on the break. You can call 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be right back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. 
You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Do you believe that all 10 unaccounted for Americans are being held hostage? Uh, Kristen, we don't know. As you said, we've got 10 unaccounted for Americans. Uh, We believe that uh, some significant number are hostages. But, you know, what's happening is, and it just underscores the horror, uh, Israel continues to discover, uncover people who were killed, who were slaughtered. And I use that uh, term very advisedly slaughtered on October 7th. So what we don't know for sure is whether some of the um, unaccounted for are dead and have simply not been uncovered yet, or whether they're hostage. But we, we have a pretty strong idea that some number of the 10, at least, are being held in, in Gaza by Hamas. That is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken today reporting that a couple more hostages were released, which is a good thing, American hostages. There are around 10 left. Uh, that we know about. There's, it's so interesting to really get into, uh, you know, why we know or what we don't know. So there's 10 Americans at this point missing, and uh, they could be dead because they just haven't been found yet, but they also could be kidnapped. They also could be just somewhere else, and they haven't turned on the uh, TV to find out they're missing, right? Uh, those things happen over time. But really good news that hostages get released. I think the, you know, other than uh, lay down your arms and surrender, the best thing that Hamas should do is release all of the hostages. There's a couple hundred people from many countries around the world, and um, if they release them, I think that would be good. Those are things to pray for. You know, somebody said in the last one of our callers in the last segment, by the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can call now at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It was a reminder to to pray. There are a great many things to pray about. Something I've been saying is the last few days is, you know, today's a really good day to pray for your country. If you think about it and you think, you know, how often do you really pray for your country? Uh, I mean, really get down on your knees and pray for your country. Pray for your leaders, Uh, even leaders you didn't vote for and don't plan to vote for. They're the ones in charge. You know, President Biden is the president, and uh, he is either making the decisions or he is delegating those decisions to somebody else. But somebody's making decisions that matter a lot. You know, the uh, amount of military, um, especially naval uh, action that's happening in the Mediterranean Sea right now by us, and now China is sending people in. Why is China sending people in, I wonder? You know, it's a uh, uh, that is a really huge question. Um, and just sometimes, you know, a lot of uh, military action from from adversarial countries that are operating in the same space that uh, don't intend to necessarily go to war with each other, things happen. You know, accidents happen and things get escalated. So that's why you should pray. And, you know, I wonder how many of us feel like prayer is just, you know, an afterthought. Do you feel like that ever with your prayers? Uh, about big things, it's not an afterthought. It's really doing doing war. I think it took me a while, honestly, to realize that when I'm on my knees praying that I can really do battle and in the sense of the things to pray about really are unending. If you ever are in a situation where you feel like, I don't know what to pray about or I run out of things, then, you know, what I would suggest, and this is what I do, is I just go for a walk or I go somewhere where I can think about it for a while. And I realize 
uh, what am I praying for? If the only things I'm praying for, this is a really good way to take a look at like your church prayer list or your, your, maybe you pray as a small group. If you're in a small group Bible study or some other Bible study group, you know, what are the types of things that you're praying for? Do you pray about really big deals that are even beyond your control? or beyond your sphere of even understanding. There are so many things happening that, you know, we talk about things, you know, on the show or we talk about it with our friends or we listen to other shows and there's an awful lot of speculation going on and and a lot of uh, armchair quarterbacking. This is what Israel ought to do. This is what Hamas ought to do. This is what, uh, why is China there? And we can speculate about all of that, but uh, most of us are not in those meetings. Right, And if you are in those meetings and you want to call and let us know, we'd love to know. But uh, if you're not in those meetings, you know, if you're not really part of, even if you are part of the conversation, sometimes you don't know, right, that you might be a part of a planning session for your company or for your your business. Maybe you're in the military and you get to hear certain things, but there are other things that are classified. And there are, you know, there are decisions that somebody else really is making and you don't realize they're making them. And in the world of politics, there's a, there's a whole lot of that, right? There's a whole lot of different things going on. And we, we just don't know. And it's so easy to put ourselves in the president's mind or in some other authority figure's mind, sometimes the, the pastor's mind or our boss's mind or our employee's mind. Um, you know, we can spend a lot of time doing that, and sometimes it's interesting and fun. You know, if if I ever see you somewhere and we're having coffee and I got time, you know, we can talk about all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, I like that conversation, <clears throat> obviously. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are things going on that we couldn't possibly know and that in many cases we'll never know. Uh, what is going on. And then spiritually is a whole nother level of what is going on. For sure, this is spiritual. For sure, really everything that's happening in history is spiritual. Like we don't always attach that. Like right now, you know, everybody's looking at, you know, when something happens in Israel, well, now you've got a religious component that's major, uh, major for Israel, major for the United States, major for Christianity, major for Islam, major for any other faith. Um, Israel is is that. It's the the center of everything. And in the Bible, it's where everything culminates, right? It matters. And for sure, um, all of this going on is shaping the future that will eventually lead to uh, the return of Christ and everything that precedes that in God's plan. And we don't know what those things, how those things are, or when, or those things, you know, it feels like it's soon, but Christians for 2,000 years have thought it was soon. and But whatever the case is, it's moving the pieces around. And maybe there's going to be some uh, big Israeli war here, or maybe it'll expand to some other people. It might last a year or two, and then uh, things go back to the way they were to whatever degree, you know, or whatever the new normal is. <clears throat> and maybe there will be peace for a while. I like to believe that God's not ready to end things, that he is ready for a major revival in this world today. I mean, when you look at the changes that people are having, the shock that some people have of how people have responded to this, the the misunderstanding of this issue um, from all of us to various degrees, you know, I think it shakes people enough to say, maybe people will look for the truth spiritually and if they do that, you know, as a Christian, I'm going to argue that you can go ahead and read your Bible and read the whole thing, and you will have some questions. But when you do that and you watch the news 
you learn a few things. You learn, uh, you know, if you're a person who thinks the Old Testament is somehow irrelevant, um, you don't think that right now if you're reading the Old Testament. It's extraordinarily relevant. A good friend of mine uh, read through the Bible recently. It said it changed every perspective he has. It was the first time in his Christian life. He became a Christian later in life. And um, one of the greatest moments for me as a pastor is baptize. You get to baptize your friend. When you get to baptize somebody that you you care about, somebody that uh, you have in your small group maybe, that's a wonderful thing for any of us, you know, when you get to see that person get baptized. Um, and he's reading the Bible for the first time in his life. He said it changed my perspective on every single thing just because he read the Bible. And he wouldn't call himself a scholar. He would call himself a guy who read the Bible. And uh, this is a really good time to do that and a really good time to figure out what to pray for. There's a lot to pray for. 888-528-2557. Carol in Van Nuys. Carol in Van Nuys, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Carol. Um, Yeah, there are things that have always been happening in the world, especially since Jesus it's horrible and evil what Hamas did, but it seems to me that um, they're talking a lot about the innocent Palestinians, but there are Christians that no one seems to want to mention or talk about that have lived there for so long in that area, and it's like it's like they can't really tell people they're Christian because of Hamas or everything that happens there. It's kind of like they live in no man's land. It's like... No one wants to talk about the Christians that what happens to them over there. Well, and that, you know what? We're as we're talking about what to pray for. That's a great thing to pray for is the Christians yeah. who are living in in Israel and the Gaza Strip and in the West Bank, um, but also in Lebanon and maybe some surrounding countries that might see a part. There's there's concern and fear in communities all across the region right now. And yeah. there are Christians yeah. serving in all of those areas. You know, and Christians, we, Christians, we don't have a land care. Like we don't, we don't own any of it. You know, we don't want to own That's any of it. True. We're not asking for a Christian state. We have an opinion about what will eventually happen in Jerusalem when Jesus returns. And yeah. uh, you know, we believe it belongs to Him ultimately, and we be- have beliefs yeah. about Israel being the promised land and those things. But. Uh, in the meantime, we have Christians, you're right. In fact, that hospital that did not actually get blown up, but they said got blown up last week, it's the one Christian hospital, my understanding is, in Gaza, the Baptist hospital. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah I have a friend who was in Afghanistan, and they tried to kill him. They killed a lot of his friends in Bahrain, and they tried to kill him. One, he's American, and two, he's a chaplain, but he's a Catholic priest, and he has no respect. He's seen a lot of stuff that happens. Yeah, there's over a there. lot of terrible. And when he, I don't have, I don't have an email or computer internet except the little on my phone, and then if I use it all up, I have to wait till the next month. But he has internet, and a lot of people, and he's tried to get out about the Christians in that areas over there. But he said nobody wants to hear about the Christians yeah. over there. And I'm like, that's so. It not is. only sad, but wrong, especially if you're a Christian yeah. yourself and you don't care or want to hear about what's happening well, with them over there. Carol, I got to go to a break, but you make yeah. a great point and a reminder to, and thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, that this is what one of the things to pray about is the Christians. Many of those Christians are choosing to stay behind. We did a show a couple of years ago on the Christians who stayed behind in Afghanistan knowing full well that their lives are in jeopardy and having a ride out and deciding not to take it. 
Right now, there are Christians in Gaza and elsewhere who are choosing to stay and at great, tremendous personal risk. We need to pray for them as well as brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray that they make an impact uh, in the lives of, of people there uh, in the, so that Christ gets the glory. i got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Pastor Scott Show. Give me a follow right now on those services if you have that. And uh, I will be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment today, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. You can also follow me on social media. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. Um, Also, I want to remind you that the Resist the Drift marriage event is coming on November 3rd and 4th, and uh, you can sign up for that, you and your spouse, at kkla.com. Just click the Resist the Drift banner, and it's at uh, Calvary Chapel East Anaheim, which, by the way, anywhere, it's very central, right in the middle for anybody in Southern California. So San Diego, Orange County, Los Angeles, wherever you might be listening. Um, well, you can be listening anywhere in the world because of you can always listen to us on an app, right? The KKLA app, the KPRZ app, the iHeartRadio, whatever the app is that has radio, you might be listening to us. So maybe, you know, if you're if you're listening, you know, in the Philippines, it's not that convenient to come to this marriage conference. But uh, there will probably be one like it near you eventually. But if you live in Southern California, uh, or perhaps you're living somewhere else in the United States, and you're thinking, uh, we'll go to a marriage conference, and we will uh, also make it a little fun trip, uh, weekend getaway. Anaheim, California, November 3rd and 4th. And it's put on by Focus on the Family and Salem Media Group, which is the company that we are a part of here at KKLA. It's called Resist the Drift. It's a two-day marriage conference. Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley share their story of what they've learned from as they've moved uh, from roommates to soulmates. And uh, wherever you're at in your marriage, you know, you got to take hold of it. And in, you might just be resisting the drift, but you think everything's great, but you, you want to make sure you don't have any blind spots. You want to have a weekend with your spouse to have those questions because they can turn into other things. Um, or maybe you don't have blind spots. You have things right in your face and maybe you're just in the, on your last leg, you know. If you want to save your marriage, this is one way to get started. You know, you're probably not going to walk away after two days and everything's fixed, but you might be on the right path and you've drifted way off the path, but you can get back on a path to get you on the right road. And uh, this is one way to do it. So go to kkla.com, click on the Resist the Drift banner, and uh, you can sign up right now online. It's November 3rd and 4th, Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim. And uh, you can go to that. I will be there on uh, Friday night. So I'll say hello if you happen to be there on Friday night, uh, the 3rd. All right, uh, just a few more minutes here. I want to keep talking about just prayer because, you know, we have, you know, ever since this attack happened on the 7th, you know, it's been most of the conversation. And rightly so, I think, because of the impact this could have on the whole world, because it has shown us a lot of who we are, right, and what we know. I think it showed us a lot of what we don't know and a lot of uh, maybe what we thought or maybe what we thought was wrong. And I encourage everybody to really seek what is true on these things. You know, as I watch the news in the studio here, we have the news on and uh, I've got a local 
station and they've got the weather on, which uh, it happens a lot. The weather, you know, and it's kind of funny in Southern California because we don't have weather. Right. I mean, <laughs> we if I bet I could be a pretty good weather person just by sticking my head out the window in the in the morning and go, eh, it's going to be 80 degrees with a 20 percent chance of rain. And I bet that's right. Uh, not to put down you if you're a weather person, you know, because uh, or maybe I should say meteorologist. But, uh, you know, it's funny. You know, I'm saying when I look at these screens, it's so often on weather. Uh, and then I have the news on the cable news channels. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I kind of keep an eyeball on that just in case something big is happening at the moment. Um, but I also try to measure, you know, how much time do they st- spend talking about one issue or another. And I'll tell you what, they're spending an awful lot of time, uh, and rightly so, I think, on the Israel issue, even though there's plenty of other things going on. What I want to encourage you to do is to be more um, warrior-like in your prayers. I was saying before the break that at some point I learned, you know, I can really wrestle with God in prayer and that it's more of a conversation And prayer can be difficult at first because of maybe the habit of finding a place or time to do it. It can be really difficult because part of what happens if you really pray to God, and and I'm talking about if you can physically do it, get on your knees somewhere, you know, it hurts my knees, but I can put a towel down or, you know, something. And, you know, but be in a place where you're not just going to go to sleep, right, where you can try to focus as much as you can. And it takes some discipline. But the first problem might be the discipline. The second problem is God's going to ask you in your prayer time to deal with things in your life. You know, that it is your prayer time is not just about, you know, pray for these people who are sick and pray for these people and pray for the blah, 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 and mark them off the list and you're done. Part of it is listening. And I promise you, if you come to the Lord with, um, and you, you come to his throne of grace, number one, you need to know you get grace. But you also need to know it's a relationship that you have with God, and that means you're going to have a open conversation. And you're going to hear about maybe something you got to resolve with somebody or a sin in your life that you need to repent of, and that's going to be part of that experience. But once you realize that and you have honest conversations with God, you ever try to hide something from God? Don't do that. He already knows. You know, it's, it's like as a, you know, he is your father in heaven. Uh, and that's how you have to approach him in prayer, right? When Jesus taught us to pray, he didn't say, uh, and when you pray, pray like this, oh, dear, magnificent creator of the universe. And he didn't say, pray like this, oh, dear, uh, king of kings, lord of lords. That is who God is. And there's it's not really wrong to pray that. But instead he said, our father. And it's the relational part of prayer that is so key, I think, to understanding prayer life. And, you know, as a dad, often I'm asking my kids questions about, school? How'd you do on the test? Or what happened here? And I actually already know the answer. I want to find out if they're going to be honest with me, right? I want to find out if our relationship is good. And if they're honest with me, you know, everything's good. If they lie to me, they're in a lot of trouble, (laughs) you know? Um, And I learned that with my dad, you know, I'll never, one time I broke a window at the church and my dad was the pastor. And I broke the window, by the way, because in Sunday school, we made slingshots a la David and Goliath. And we literally made slingshots that you could stick a real rock in and fling it out there. No kidding. Made that in fifth grade. Gene Philly in Sunday school class. I remember that, Gene, if you're listening. And uh, I went out with a friend in the back of the church and put a rock in it and swung it around. And it went right through the window right behind me. Uh, That was the opposite of what David did. And uh, the Sunday school teacher was in there, not Gene, but somebody else, and said, hey, uh, 
did you break the window? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you better go tell your dad. My dad's the boss. Well, I thought I would tell him when I got home, but she came to me later, you know, a little bit later and said, did you tell him? And I said, yeah, but I hadn't told him yet. So she went to my dad and said, so Scott told you about the window? And dad says, no. So whenever my dad asked me about it, he said, oh, anything interesting happened at church today? And I said, uh, no. And then he said, are you sure? And then I knew I was in trouble. And then I said, oh, I forgot to tell you, I, uh, I uh, broke window. And he said, well, you already told uh, your Sunday school person that, uh, that you already told me, but you didn't. You lied to her. And he made me call her up and apologize. And uh, I remember that phone call. So funny. Uh, what about 10 years old? Um, but see, that's a real relationship right there. That's a real relationship with uh, uh, your parent. And maybe some of us, uh, for sure, some of us didn't have that kind of relationship with our parent. But you do have it with God. And when you pray, you just get honest with him about the stuff because he's going to bring it up. And then you do battle. You pray against the evil one. You pray about your country. You pray for the people that are in your life who need to know Jesus, that God would use you in their life. Part of the reason for repenting, by the way, is that you have a better testimony in your life if you have repented of your sin than if you're carrying on it. See, it's not your repentance isn't just about you. Pray for President Biden. I pray that he he leads well. And if you don't like President Biden, you plan to vote for somebody else, you can say, I pray that he's the best president we ever had for this moment, and I pray that we elect somebody else next year. You can pray that, but you you pray for whoever that person is. And you pray for the people you know, the schools, the especially the people in your relational world, your oikos, we like to talk, you know, to say, and pray for people's salvation. And sure, you can pray for people to get well and people that they do well on their test and those simple things, but pray for the salvation of the world. That's the goal. That's what God wants you to do, and he wants you to be ready for that. Lots to pray for. Not a lot of time left in our show today. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. You can follow me on past, and social media at Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast by looking for the Pastor Scott Show wherever it is you get your podcast. Click subscribe, share it with a friend. God bless you, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. Have a good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.